Thank you for coming. I was, I was waiting for, for, for a few minutes. No, 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 that's great, that's great. Da, 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 da. Uh, uh, here we go. <laughs> I forgot my tap shoes or something here. Um, no, it's great to have you here. Uh, like she said, my name is Mary Frost. Um, I married Steve Frost, and uh, we've been married for 15 years. And uh, we um, served together at Shawnee Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, we've been there for six years, and we're loving it there. Uh, we are parents to five kids, and uh, we're loving it. Krista is 13. She's my only daughter. A lot of people say, oh, you only have one girl? Is that awful? I'm like, no. I got the best. I got the best, and the Lord says, you, you've got the best. That's all you need. And so then I have four girls. No, I have, no, I just said that, huh? I have one girl, Krista, 13. Then I have four boys. Tyler is 11. Uh, Zach is 7. Brayden, five, and then I just had a baby, and he's three months old, his baby Jace, and he's so sweet. I miss him so much. Um, my husband said, are you going to take him? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I get a little stressed. Do you guys ever get stressed with, like, the new baby? Even though this is five. This is five. I should have this under control. But um, I was like, I'm going to get a little too stressed, and then he's going to be stressed. And so he just, you know, he took the dad role. He took the kids to the pumpkin patch yesterday and wore the dad pack and, you know, fed the bottle. And you're like, go get the, I'm proud of him. Isn't that sweet of him? I, I thought it was sweet of him, too. So. I, um, it's a blessing to be with you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about parenting, and uh, I, I am no expert in the matter. I'm not going to pretend that I know it all, I have it all together. That is not my purpose. I told you the ages of my kids on purpose so you guys could hear. I'm in the trenches along with you guys, okay? We're just, we're making it through. We're living by prayer by prayer with our kids and from one season to the next, did you see here, I, I got that, uh, that theme in there with that. From one season to the next with our kids. Um, my former pastor, Pastor Mike Mutchler, I was preaching one sermon uh, when we were working for them. And he said um, one of the best Bible verses a lady could have or parents could have for their children or rearing their children uh, was this verse. And when I heard it, I'm like, I never considered that being a good parenting verse. And then my kids have started getting older, and I pray this prayer a lot, this verse a lot. And that is, if any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God. And Lord, I have so many times that I lack wisdom in being a mom. And I ask the Lord to just fill in the places where I am weak and where my, my kids need me to be stronger in. And I pray that prayer quite, quite frequently. So let's actually just have a word of prayer, and then we're going to get started. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the privilege to be a mom. Thank you so much for the children that you have given each one of us, that um, you so graciously thought we were um, capable enough to lead them and direct them. And uh, I ask you to please help us as we're in this session Help us to uh, have something that pricks our hearts that we could be better, uh, better Christians, a better mom, a better wife, that we can honor and please you with our lives. Lord, I ask you to help me to say what I need to for these ladies. Please take away anything that I would say that wouldn't honor and please you. We sure do love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, turn to Joshua 4. Joshua 4. 
it's a really long story in the Bible, so I'm going to start the where we are, tell you where we are in the story as you're flipping there, and then we'll go to the, the verses for the text. Here in Joshua, Moses has already passed, and now Joshua is the leader of the children of Israel. Remember, they have been wandering in the wilderness for over 40 years. Now the promised land is right in front of them. They are near to that promised land. And, um, but they just have a few obstacles to get, to, to get to to get there, and one of which was this Jordan River. And they come against this, this river. Um, that the Bible says that it was during the flood season. Uh, the Bible says that uh, the waters were overflowing its banks. It made it very hard for them just to cross on their own. Theologians have even said maybe where they were going to cross, it could have even been two miles wide. And so it made them very difficult. Well, God told Joshua, I'm going to magnify you in front of these people. I'm going to do a great miracle through you. So he told them, this is the plan. Um, You're going to get the uh, priest who's going to bear the Ark of the Covenant, and they're going to lead the people. And as soon as the priest's feet hit, the, the, the Bible says the sole of their foot hits the water, I'm going to part it. And they're going to walk on, on a heap, the Bible says, or dry ground. Well, we already know the story. That's exactly what God does. They get to the water. The, the, as soon as those priests stick their feet in that water, whoosh, and they start walking through on dry ground. Can you just imagine that miracle as you're walking through on that? But that's what they're experiencing. So in Joshua 4, we're going to start in verse 4. Follow along with me as I read. Then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. Uh, That this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they were there until this day. Wow, what a neat story. What a neat story. So as they passed over, he had these 12 men get the stones out of the river, and they're making a pillar. They're making a, a memorial for the children of Israel. What do you think God's purpose was for this? Well, I think the Bible calls it a memorial. If you think of any memorial that we see around, what is that for? For people to look back and remember. Uh, It's something set. It's for uh, this memorial for them to be the the reminder to be ingrained in their hearts and their minds. And why did God want this for the next generation? I believe it's for those that next generation to look back and see God. See God how powerful he is, what God can do, and what he did do for the children of Israel. Um, uh, You know, we have this theme of embrace your season, 
And we, there's a lot of seasons with our children, aren't there? Uh, we prepare our children for physical seasons. I don't know about you. Our school just started, and it's crazy with the kids. Are you guys there with me? You're making sure the pants are long enough, the skirt's long enough, the shoes fit. Oh, the tennis shoes fit yesterday, but they now they don't fit. And, you know, you've got all, you're trying to go to the store and buy clothes for the next size because you never know when they're going to hit that size. There's so many. You're trying to prepare your kids for all the next physical seasons. You know, there's going to be seasons of your kid's life that you can't prepare them for. They're going to hit things that um, we're not going to be right there to say, this is what you're supposed to do. They're, we're not going to be there. They're going to face uh, times of hurt. They're going to be, face times where people hurt their feelings. They're going to get discouraged. Uh, their friends are going to ask them to do something or not to do something. How are your kids going to respond to that? Um, they'll wonder, which direction should I go? What is God's plan for my life? What is God's will? What does it mean to know God's will? They're going to face times where God is going to have to provide for them. And that he, they're going to have to see God come through in a really big way. I hope this is not true, but there might even have been times that our children might um, even question God. Is he, is he even real? You know, these seasons we, can, we can't really prepare our kids for. But I think what we could do is, as God did with the children of Israel, to set these stones, to set these memorials for our kids. So when our kids come to these places in their lives of these questions of what should I do, which direction, what, should, what, what would God want me to do, that they could look back and remember that God did this for them and that he can do it for them again. And that's why I think it's so important for us to parent with purpose. Now, we're not going to have physical stones in our yard for our kids. If we did, our neighbors would look at us and be like, they are weird. Okay, <laughs> what is that? But I think we could have these figurative stones laid up for them so they can be reminded of God's presence and power. Um, there's a story I've told of a pastor who made a house visit to an elderly lady in his congregation. He couldn't help but notice her Bible laid open on her coffee table. As he looked closer, he noticed the word proved written within the margin. Curious, he started flipping through the pages and noticed multiple verses where this word was written proved next to it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth to it and is safe. The word written proved. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word written, proved. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. The word, proved. See what this lady was showing there, that these verses were her stones. She had already tried these verses, and God had proven himself true for her when she needed those. And that's what I was, I'm going to talk to you about to us today. Um, is to have these stones for our children. Number one, if you're taking notes, um, I'm going to use the acrostic um, stone for each one of my points, if that helps you. Uh, number one in the letter S is a secure home life. A secure home life. I think that's so important for us, this stone for our children. What's one look like? Um, my favorite word is the word home. I love home. I like to be home. I like the comfort of home, and I like to have all my kids at home. <laughs> you know, it's like the mother hen that likes all her little chicks under her, her wings. That's me. I like that. 
I like that. And I hope my kids feel the same way about our home. Um, for a while on Facebook, I don't know if y'all saw this, but a lot of ladies would post questions and they would say, ask your kids these questions and don't help them without any promptings and then write down their answers. I'm going to be honest, I was a little too scared what my kids would say, so I didn't, I didn't post their answers, you know. But it was fun to read what they said, you know, their kids said. You know, it was so cute. They're little innocent minds of what they would say. Uh, but what if we asked your kids, in one word, describe your home? What would they say? Would they say, fun? Would they say, busy, hectic, Ugh. Would they say loving? Or would they say loud? And I think that's probably what my boys would say. Because <laughs> they make the loud. Um, would they say dirty? Uh, see, a child thrives in a secure home. And you know that is a true statement. If you have ever worked with children, if you're a teacher, if you're a Sunday school teacher, and you've gone to make a house visit and you understand completely why that child acts the way they do because you see their home. A child thrives in a secure home. Well, what does one look like? In my opinion, I think it should be a place where mom and dad love each other. It needs to be a place where mom and dad love each other. You know, as wives, our priority should be to our husbands. That is how God created it. When God created Adam and Eve, he created them first. They came together first, and then he created children. And that's how God has always purposed marriage to be. Our priority, and that's different for us moms, right? First priority for us is like, oh, we gotta get this for the kids. Gotta get that for the kids. I'm there with you, right, right? The laundry is always screaming at us, isn't it? Always. There's always dirty dishes in the sink. It doesn't matter if I just fill it and press the start button, somebody comes and brings a dirty cup to the sink, right? You know, there's tears to dry and meals to make and homework to help with and the, the, the practice of the instruments and all that kind of stuff. And, and then your husband comes home. Mm -hmm. And then he puts his big old arms around you and hugs you really tight and whispers in your ear. Hey, babe. Mm -hmm. And he knows that you know exactly what he's referring to. Mm -hmm. And let's just be honest. Okay, let's just, be, let's just be moms. What do we think? Are you serious? <laughs> I am so busy right now. I do not have time to just start flirting with you, okay? Later, okay? No, our priority should be to our husbands um, and to see him first. Brayden, he used to be our youngest, and he's not our youngest anymore, but for a while, when he, I think he was like three, he was going through this thing where he would come and squeeze himself in between Steve and I. And he'd take his little hands, and he'd put them on our faces, and he'd start bringing them together. And as he'd do that, he'd giggle. <laughs> and he'd bring them closer and closer until we would kiss. And he, we always had to kiss. He wouldn't stop until we kissed. And he would just laugh and giggle. And then he would take our faces and then put them up to his cheeks, so we would, we would kiss his little cheeks. Yes, your mama heart just like, ah. Okay, and of course my husband's like, do it again, do it again. Come on, where's Brayden? Brayden! <laughs> uh, my husband just recently went on a hunting trip with his dad and his brother for nine days. Can every mother just stop and have, have a moment of silence and respect for me? Nine days. 
Those were long nine days, long nine days. It's all right. He came home. My mom helped me through the sanity, and she came and had stayed with me. But um, uh, when, when Steve came back, our principal got our son, Zach, and he's like, hey, are you glad to have Dad home? Man, I'm glad you missed him. I'm sure you missed him. And Zach, you just have to know him. He's just like, yeah, yeah, I missed him. But my mom, she missed him the most. <laughs> I did. I did. You know, for the, I don't know if your kids have ever done this to you either. They, they, they could do, Mom, which one of you of us is your favorite? Which one of you? And they ask you, like, you're really going to give an answer? My daughter, Krista, said, Doug, guys, it's dad. <laughs> and it is. She had it right. It is. You know, our kids, they need to see that love. They see, feel secure in it. I don't know, I don't know about you, but I'm not in this thing of teenagers yet. But have you ever, when you've, you're affectionate with your husband, and you stop and just look at the kids to see their expression? I have. And what is it always? They have a big smile on their face. They're like, maybe sometimes they go in like this, but they really do love it. They need to see mom and dad affectionate. You need to show that affection at home. That's part of being having a secure home. Um, I think a secure home is also a place where mom and dad are a team. A team. It's not one parent against the other. It's not a fun parent against the strict parent. Um, it's not you know, who's going to make the best um, best decisions for the house. It's not a competition, no. Mom and dad need to be as one. Steve and I do not agree on most decisions. Shocker. <laughs> Sorry if that shocks you, but we don't, okay? We don't. But our kids don't need to see it. The kids don't. We go, we go, we talk about it, and it's the kids, we come out, we try to come out as a unit. You know, when God uh, describes marriage, how does he describe it? One flesh. One flesh. And that's how we need a parent. One flesh. We're, we're both together. Uh, I know you've heard this. Um, we do this at our house, too. If kids go to daddy and try to get an answer because he's the fun one, I'm the strict one. Okay, if you want to know, if you want to know, um, they go to daddy and try to get him to say that he can do something. But if they know he, they've already heard no from mama, automatic discipline. Automatic. Why? We want our kids to know that we're a team. The kids are not going to get in between daddy and I. We are a team together. I, play, I think it should be a place of forgiveness. Forgiveness. I have found that in child rearing, it's more than is caught than taught. Have you? Can you, you agree with me there? Yes, I agree. Um, can your kids learn about forgiveness from how you treat your husband? How um, you handle outside family members? Maybe your mother-in-law? Not my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is great. There's church members from her church right now. Here, so I have to say that. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I have a wonderful mother-in-law. But no, does, do your kids learn about forgiveness and how you, you handle them, how you handle each other? They should. I think a place, home should be a place where there's acceptance, there's respect, there's fairness. Should be a place of fun. You know, even the prodigal son, when he came to his worst time, and he was sitting in the pig pen, what did he think about? He thought of his father, his father's house, which is home. Home. And he knew home would be better than where he was now. And uh, I believe those parents, they set that up for him, that I know I can go home. I want my kids to know that. So uh, that should be one stone, is a 
a secure home life. Number two, or letter T, is tangible answers to prayer. Tangible answers to prayer. I grew up in Michigan. I lived there all my life. And the summer right before I was to be a senior in high school, um, my parents, let me say this, my parents were working in the ministry of our church. And uh, the summer right before my senior year of high school, uh, the Lord had shown my parents that we needed to move from that ministry. And I remember them coming and talking to me about it. Um, I think the Lord's moving us away. I'll be honest, it was hard for me to hear that. Senior year, I've grown up, I mean, all my friends, we were all in the nursery together. I was comfortable there. I was going to be the captain of my cheerleading squad. Um, But, Lord, it could have been a really hard year for me. But... I remember my dad sitting down with us, and he says, you know what, Mary, let's, um, you and your mom, I want you to start making a list. Stop, start, sorry, Siri's talking to me. Um, I want you to, let's make a list. Let's make a list of what we need God to do for us. So we did. My mom, my dad, and I, we started making a list where we got to have God show through, the needs that he needs to have met. We made out that list, and as a family, we prayed about it. Not all the time, but I know for me, I started praying. I'm like, God, I need your help during this. Moving away to this new school, my senior year. And I remember, one by one, God was just starting to answer those prayers. I think that year was the year that my parents taught me the absolute most. Um, They showed me, God showed me that he could be my God. It wasn't just the God of my parents. It's my God. God came through for me. God answered my prayers. Things that I asked the Lord specifically for, that he helped me meet those needs. And um, my parents helped put that as a pillar, as a memorial for me. I remember when Steve and I were engaged, we're going to get married soon. Before all the showers and all that kind of stuff, um, same thing. My dad came to us and he says, I think you guys should make a list of everything that you need. Put down their necessities, put down fun stuff, all of that. I remember the excitement it was when we crossed off that very last thing to see that God had provided everything that we had put on that list. Not not everything was new. Not everything was in perfect condition. But man, God showed favor on our marriage already. And he showed us that he was going to come through and be that God that we could depend on. Uh, When we graduated, after we um, graduated from college here and once we got married, we moved to Oregon. We were there for 10 years. And same thing, God said, um, I want you to go be the pastor at Shawnee Baptist Church in Kentucky. And made, this, made that big move. And I remember telling our kids, we just had family moved out to Oregon. It was so long. But to make that big move, and my kids were so disappointed. But we, Steve and I, really wanted to show our kids what God had already shown us that God could be somebody that we could trust in, that God can come through in big things. And so we sat down, little Krista, she was six, and Tyler was four, and we said, what do we want God to give us in a new home? I remember Krista saying, I want a big backyard. Now, if you're not from the West Coast, you don't understand that. Our little little, uh, house, our, I don't remember the dimensions of our backyard, but let's just say we didn't own a lawnmower. Steve could, lawn, could mow the grass with a weed whacker, okay? <laughs> it was small. It was small. And Chris is like, I really want a big backyard, and I want my own room. And I want, Tyler says, I want a basketball hoop. 
and I want to feel that I can play football. And I'm like, all right, we're praying for it. For Steve and I, we wanted a house close, like 10 minutes from the church. So we did. We started praying for it. And I can still hear Tyler's voice when we pulled up to the house that we bought. Mom, it has a basketball hoop. God answered our prayer. Look what God did. Oh, my word is a, in my heart as a mom, I just like, God, thank you. And he saw it. He saw it. He caught it. You know, we need to have these memorials for our kids that God can answer their prayer. And it's not a little prayer as a little kid. Those are all big prayers. Those are all big things. And prayer works, doesn't it? Can we all agree on that? Prayer works. And we want our kids to realize that. We want them to go back to it. Uh, Make God real and big to them. Because he is. He's huge. And he can answer their little prayers. You know what I've noticed about God answering my prayers? Is it gives me confidence for the the next one. Um, in my prayer, in my Bible reading yesterday, I was reading in First Samuel about David and Goliath. And I like when he was telling Saul, and everybody was saying, no, you can't do it. You can't do it. Why would you go against Goliath? You're too small. You're, you know, you get, the armor doesn't fit you and all that kind of stuff. He said, no, 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 no. I killed a bear. And I killed a lion. And I wrote down what he said. And this Philistine shall be as one of them. We say, oh, that's cockiness. No, 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 no. I believe that's the boldness that prayer can give you. When you see God answer this prayer and you see God answer that prayer, when you come up to that next battle, it's like, God, I don't know how you're going to come through on this one, but I know you got it. I know you will. I know you will. Um, And that's what prayer can do for you. And set that up as a memorial for your kids. Review those answers to prayer. Um, I'll say this. We had a little boy in our school um, this past week. And uh, Zach's class, his name was Little Riker. Long story, but he passed out on the, um, the what's it called, Play, playground. And it was a big thing for all the kids to see. Oh, my word, it was so sad. And Zach came home, and he was like, Mama, you know, Riker. And so I'm like, well, let's pray. We're going to pray for Riker. And so every time we prayed together, we're like, pray for, baby, for Riker. Lord, would you help him to come back to school, help everything to be okay? Well, right before I left, he came in my room. He's like, hey, Mom, did you hear about Riker? I was like, yeah, he's back in school, wasn't it? And I said, what was that? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. What question am I supposed to, what answer was I supposed to say? I said, didn't we pray about that? Yeah. God answered our prayer. Yes, he did. God answered the prayer that we said. Hey, we've got to show our kids that. We've got to show them that. Number three, letter O, obedient faith. Obedient faith. Even if we just look back at the story that we just were reading, we can see um, obedient faith. We can see it in the priests, right? God said, hey, I want those priests. As soon as the sole of their foot hits that water, I'm going to split it. You know what we think, what we picture in our head? is it was, It's like the beach where it's like the little bit of water and then it just eventually gets deep. No, I don't believe that's what it was. I don't believe it was. Because the Bible says that the waters were flowing over its banks. I think since the God made such a big deal about putting that in there that I believe they were deep. The first step that they had to take was going to take a lot of faith. Like, Joshua, are you sure this is what God said? Okay. Before I go under, are we, are we sure? Are we sure? All right. That took a lot of faith for them just to put that foot out there. That's obedient faith. You know, we talk a lot about faith in our house, but do our kids see us living it? Oh, when I wrote that down, I cringed. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. Ah, 
Uh, you know, my, one of my favorite stories is that the widow, you know, there was a drought in the, in the land. And Elijah came and found the widow and said, hey, I need you to make me a cake first. Well, first of all, what was that widow doing? She was gathering sticks, right? He, she was gathering sticks to make that cake for her and her son. And the, the Bible says they were going to die. And I always got mad at Elijah for this. Forgive me. The nerve of him to say, make me a cake first, right? Like, no, make it for the kid first, right? But no, he said, I want you to make it for me first. And I think that mama displayed the greatest obedient faith by agreeing to it, turning around and doing it. Because you know who was watching her? Little boy. Can you, see, can you just see his little, his little eyes watching her? She's in her kitchen, probably putting it all together. Can you imagine how hard her heart was beating? God, you better, oh. I hope you better come through with this. You know, you know what I would have done? Maybe this shows how bad I am. I think I probably would have, like, peeled a little bit of the crumbs off the edge. You know, like what we do with cake when we're trying to put it together. And like, oh, it's rustic looking. Yeah, it's rustic. No, I would have probably, like, peeled off some of the crumbs and, like, pushed it over to my son. But no, she showed complete faith. She gave that cake to Elijah and worked at the miracle. Didn't let her oil run out. That was huge obedient faith. And that little boy got to witness every single part of it of her obedient faith. You know, it's, our, it's vital for our kids to see our faith. Let me ask a couple questions. When is the last time your children knew you responded to God's leading? Do you go down to the altar, Mom? We want our kids to, right? God's talking to you. Go, go, go pray about it. Go, go, go. Do you go when God talks to your heart? Uh, when is the last time they saw you surrender to him? When have they seen you step out by faith and obedience? Um, Someone once said this. I I loved this quote. A godly mother writes on your heart what the world cannot erase. I really believe that's what that widow woman did for that son that day. She wrote something really, really powerful on his heart. A godly mother writes on your heart what the world cannot erase. Number four, a letter N, a necessary word, necessary word. Remember, as a, the word I'm talking about is the Bible, of course. Remember, as a little girl, I was very fearful at night. Went through a season of that. Very scared. Wake up my parents a lot with nightmares. Um, I always ran into my dad. I don't know why I did. <laughs> I guess because he slept near the door. I'd always, have you ever been there with your kids where you're sleeping and then all of a sudden you just know somebody's looking at you? <laughs> I remember doing that to my dad all the time where he'd jump. What? Whoa, 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 what are you? What's wrong? <laughs> Poor daddy. But I would, I would wake him up and, Daddy, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And I remember my parents saying, sitting me down and teaching me that Bible verse. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And every time I'd wake up and go to daddy, he'd put me back in bed. Let's say our Bible verse together. What does God say about fear? What time I am afraid. And he would pray with me. And we, and, you know, sooner than I, that those fears and those nightmares went away slowly. But you know what? The, what was my parents teaching me then? I'm sure we've all done it with our kids. I've done it with my kids. But they were setting up a pillar that when you're scared, when you're afraid, what do you run to? God's word. God's word. 
Um, I, this past year was a tough year for <laughs> was a tough year for um, my husband and I and our church, and uh, the devil was really working in a lot of different ways, and the Lord was stretching our faith. Have we all gone through those times? And um, I called my dad one day. I just needed I just need the oath, right, to keep going. You've been there. And my daddy has just been that one for me. And um, I called him and just spit out everything at him. I said, I just need help. I need you to talk to me. Talk to me straight. And I remember him being really quiet. My dad, my dad's not one just to, I think this is what you should do. I think he's very quiet. And he's paused for a long time. And he says, you know what, Mary? Let me share with you what God has given me the last few weeks. And he opened his Bible and he started reading me some verses. And this is the most powerful thing. It was the same verses that God had given me the week before. That's so cool. And we got to sit there and we just started bragging on God. God's going to come through in this way. We know God's going to do this. We know God's going to do this. And I walked away so encouraged. But what is my dad teaching me at that moment? When you need direction, when you need guidance, when you're scared, when you need comfort, where should we run? God's word. God's word. We need to be building that up for our kids. Um, when you know what the Bible says, Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your kids are going to face those times, didn't we? They're going to need to know what direction to go. They're going to need to an- how to answer those friends. They're going to need to know the right answer when they're fa- confronted with, hey, just try this. They're going to need to know those answers. How are they going to know those answers? Mama, it's from us. And how, what's the power that we have behind us? God's word. God's word. Um, when your children come to you and what problems that they're facing, give them God's will. You know, God's word. I'm so guilty of talking too much. Are you guys guilty of that? I just talk, 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 talk. When a kid's problems comes... To me with a problem, what do I like to do? Oh, Mary Wisdom. (laughs) Mary Wisdom. Let me tell you what you should do. But you know what I'm guilty of and this is where I need to work on. Let's get out God's word. Give him God's power. Give him God's strength. I love these verses. Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. It says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. What's Paul saying to Timothy? Since a child, you've learned the scripture. Continue in them. Well, ladies, let's just think back to your Bible knowledge. How did Timothy learn his scriptures? What did, who did the Bible praise in, in Timothy? His mother and his grandmother. Lois and Eunice. Exactly. And, you know, God honors them in those verses without even saying their names. But it gives us a great admonition as moms. Are we pouring the scriptures into our sons and daughters so when they're faced with them, somebody can say, you already know God's word. You just need to do what, you're, what you know to do is right. 
Um, so that needs to be another stone that we set up for our kids. Number five and letter E, enduring love, enduring love. Love is so natural for moms, isn't it? We all have our cameras, camera apps full of our kids. Probably your lock screen or your home screen is a picture of your kids. And uh, we haven't been away from our kids too, uh, too long since being here, but we've already talked about our kids to somebody already. Why? Because love is so natural for, mom, for a mom to love her kids. Um, I've, I've said this probably about all of my kids except Jace yet. He hasn't been around long enough. But all of my kids, and it's usually I've said it very tearfully. I look at their sweet little faces and I think, what did I ever do right that you're my little boy, that you're my little girl. And then there's been times <laughs> that I've looked at that same sweet little face and I thought, what did I ever do <laughs> to deserve a little kid like you? And what have all of us moms thought of? It comes from the dad's side of the family, right? Right? <laughs> yes. Um, of course we love our children. Of course we do. But sometimes their sin nature makes it difficult for us to love them sometimes. There's two kinds of different loves, though. The Lord convicted me on this one. Is it conditional or unconditional? I read this statement. We tend to be Christ-like when the kids are behaving and harsh when they're disobedient. Let me read that again because it really hurt when I read that. We tend to be Christ-like when the kids are behaving and harsh when they're disobedient. We know we sing the song, do they see Jesus in me? Do they recognize his face? And we sing it as we're on the way to church. Because, you know, Lord, help me to be the right pastor's wife for our ladies. Help me to be who I need to be in front of our church. You know, we sing that song as we're out, going to go out to the community. And we're now out sowing and we're asking the Lord to help us with um, reaching the lost for him. But do we ever ask the Lord to help us be Jesus to our kids as we love them? Does your kids recognize God's love by the way you mom, by the way you mother? when they've disappointed you. See, conditional love right there, conditional love is love with conditions. Uh, Your love for your child is contingent on how they obey and how they act, the decisions they make. Um, Contingent love might make a sneaky appearance into comments like, like these. We do so much for you, and this is how you repay us. Your brother manages to make it out to the car on time every morning. Why is it so difficult for you? Why do you insist on doing everything you can to make homework difficult? Right? But hey, listen, I read this. Conditional love has a hidden string attached that your children owes you, owes us for the duties that in fact we accepted and agreed to when we made the decision to bring another human being into this world. Your kids don't owe you. You know, we need to be parenting the way that God would want us to parent, not because they deserve it, right? But, you know, you know none of us parent perfect. I'm not. I'm not a perfect parent. I don't think any of us would be, uh, claim that you are a perfect parent. But I do believe that all of us want to love our children unconditionally, the way that God would love us. God loves his children 
Uh, unconditional love is an affection without limitations, to love without conditions. Simply put, loving my kids when they make it difficult to love them, right? Unconditional love, when they're acting up, looks at them and thinks, okay, are they acting this way because they're children? Because let me give you a profound statement. Children act childish. They do. Okay. Are they acting the way that they are because I have not trained them? Or are they acting the way that they are because I need to push the reset button in a certain places? That's unconditional love. It gives them the out. Luckily, we have God's word to show us, show us how we need to love unconditionally. You know, um, God, the Bible says that God is love. I taught English for a while. What does that word is mean? It means equal to. God is and he's equal to love. It represents both each other. God says in Jeremiah 31 that he loves us with an everlasting love. I'm glad God's love is a contingent how I act, how I behave. Um, if I cross all my T's, dot my I's spiritually, no, no, no. God still loves us. And as a mom, we need to be setting that up as a stone for them. Um, in closing here, may we build these stones of a secure home, tangible answers to prayer, obedient faith, necessary word and enduring love. I know you, some of you might be saying, this is so cliche. Parenting, we just said prayer, Bible reading, living right, the Christian life. Let me tell you to the secret of the Christian life, and I don't know why we make it so hard. That's how we get a successful Christian life. Everything that we do, if we don't have those areas down packed in our life, our lives are going to fall apart. That's the secret to a lot of different things. That's why as moms, we've got to work on our own selves as spiritually. Work on your own Bible reading. Work on our sanctification. Are we becoming more like God? Um, um, work on our prayer life. As we, so our children, when they look back and they need to see those pillars for their own lives to give them direction and give them, um, give them direction and uh, what decisions they, they should make, they can look back and see God's power and believe and know for sure that God can do it again for them in their lives. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much for being a good God. Thank you that we can always depend on you. Your love is not conditional of what we've done to deserve it. And Lord, I ask you to please help us as mothers to set up these pillars for our children. Not to look back and see how great we parented, but to look back and say, look how big God is. And I know God can do that for me in my life again. Lord, help us to do that for our children. We sure do love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Mary.